Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. It's the US Masters edition, and it's just the best week in golf, Augusta, Georgia. If you haven't been, you need to book yourself a ticket. Hopefully, we can uh, fire up Little Birdie Tools, and you guys can come with us one day. Home of the Masters, it is a sight to behold. We've got an all-star team. They're back. It's the same old clan. We've got Gambler. We've got Nick Toprope Tedeschi. How are you, Toprope? I am absolutely fizzing. Fizzing. Masters week. So how good we've got, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're deep in the throes of, yeah, Tiger, Tiger Fest 2022. You know, I've, I've never seen so much Brandel Chamberlain in my life. It's been absolutely wonderful. Uh, here we are. The greenest course in the world, the most exciting course in the world, the most exciting tournament of the year. How good. And uh, Mike Dogger-Karidi joins us as well. Everyone will know him from uh, last season. How are you, Dogger? Yeah, excellent, mate. A bit like top row. Um, very happy watching Tiger hit golf balls at Augusta. God, I, I'm in a couple of uh, betting chat groups and I've nearly had to mute the word Tiger. It's a bit nauseating for me. I love Tiger like everyone else, but we're talking about a, a player that's, what, 101 into... $67 or something like that. He's a roughie. He's a long shot. I understand the love for him, and it's been a massive effort to come back, but it's it's taking away from the main event. He can't win. He's no chance. I, I would agree he's no chance, but he's Tiger. I mean, I would have said he's no chance to be there, and he's he couldn't walk up. He couldn't walk in a straight line three months ago, and now he's walking the hills of Augusta. <laughs> I, 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 I can never say never, but, yeah, I, you would have to think he's, uh, his price was probably more correct last week than it is today. I know Top Rope uh, is a bit of a fan, and we'll talk about Tiger a little bit more uh, further along the track. But uh, something that always uh, is a little bit of a giggle is the Masters uh, dinner. So the champion gets to pick the menu for uh, the next season. And uh, Matsuyama, we'll put it up on the screen now for anyone watching on YouTube, but he's gone uh, the sushi and sashimi, nigiri, and uh, the akitori chicken skewers, which I think this is one of the all-time Augusta menus. Uh, The miso glazed black cod, outstanding um, the Mizuzaki Wagyu, absolutely superb. And then he just uh, he finishes it off with a Japanese strawberry shortcake. I think that's probably the greatest ever Masters Club dinner I've ever seen. And I think uh, I've seen some absolute howlers with Nick Faldo and his fish and chips, the cornbread, uh, what is it, fajitas, I think, once upon a time. Some of it has been pathetic. And Tiger was once a young, young man, and we've all been, uh, I guess, teenagers and kids growing up but uh he was 21 at the time and this is uh he won the tournament in 1997 and the year after he's put cheeseburgers grilled chicken sandwiches french fries you can get this at the local diner or uh in out burger strawberry and vanilla milkshakes shrimp cocktail and uh some olives i don't i think someone just had to tug his coat there to put the shrimp cocktail and the uh the olives on and then uh some filet mignon has snuck its way on i think this is a rod as well i think he would have just gone the full uh takeaway uh, set up there, and he's had some sautéed sea bass, uh, potato, and some uh, corn. And uh, he's probably had to get someone else to choose the wines for him as well, Tiger. But uh, he's probably matured a bit, and uh, we'll have to dig out uh, what he uh, what his more recent uh, selection was. But I think uh, Matsuyama, I think that menu alone just makes me want to back him. I think uh, I have to go all in on him doing uh, the back to back at uh, pretty big odds. But um, I guess we'll go through to you, Top Rope. I know you're on a tight schedule here. Um, I think we're going to start calling you Gamble. I think you're on every show except for our Bet Doctor Racing show. Um, you've just got action everywhere. Tiger's comeback, I guess the first one, uh, make or miss the cut. But, uh, I think it's miss the cut $1.65 now and make the cut $1.96. 
with top sport. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, look, I'm, I'm going to back him to, to, to make the, cut, uh, the most overused term in sport these days is, is, is narrative, but uh, the narrative certainly with uh, uh, with Tiger this week, but they've been hitting the ball phenomenally. Uh, looks looks fit, looks relaxed. Yeah, last time he missed the cut, he was an amateur. So, uh, yeah, even in his, um, yeah, he has had comebacks before, never kind of in this this situation. But this is a court that, of course, that yeah, suits previous champions. No one's had, no course has had more repeat, repeat winners among among majors. No tournaments had more repeat winners among majors. It suits a certain type of golfer. It obviously suits Tiger, who's won it five times. I'm going to back him to make the cut at a dollar ninety six. Yeah, agree. I think. Uh... 50, 50 going to make it through at a 91 or 92, whatever it is. Um, yeah, he knows the place inside out. There's no reason why even on one leg he couldn't. If, he, if he's hitting it the way he looked like on the range, you, you can't imagine that he won't make the cut. It's crazy. Setup looks uh, spot on. Let's have a look at the top of the market. And uh, I know you're pressed for time, Top Rope. You're a uh, busy man. The outright winner market, John Rahm, I think they've found the right favourite. I remember watching last year's tournament and he absolutely uh, – Grew wings on the last day, and um, that's a bit of an indicator to me that uh, he probably just uh, was feeling the pinch and a bit of the pressure early, and uh, he just absolutely roared around. I know he's been putting a little bit average lately, but um, I think uh, that he's definitely uh, the rightful favourite here. $12 at Top Sport. JT, $14. DJ, $18. Uh, Scotty Scheffler's been winning everything. Uh, not $18. Cam Smith in the same uh, bracket. He's absolutely on fire. Probably one of the best uh, and the shortest uh, Aussies for some time. $19, Rory McIlroy. There's a lot of talk and hype around Rory. I'm not convinced that he's uh, ever recovered from that. Uh, looked like an unassailable lead one time, and he's just completely choked off. Brooks Kepka. This is a guy that uh, can set himself for a big major. Victor Hovland, he's uh, been playing well, $22. Colin Marikawa, 23 Spieth. He's just starting to creep back up into Masters' uh, Contention and good headspace. He was really good uh, last year, I felt. Cantlay is another one that uh, many will find. And then uh, we've got Xander uh, closing out at $23. And there's a big uh, gap to the rest of the field. But top rope, who's uh, who's the player to beat and who's uh, a couple of roughies from your your perspective? I'm all over Justin Thomas here. Profiles perfectly for, for, for mine. Um, you know, he's got the master experience. He's played his, you know, six times before. He's had a, a best finish of fourth. Winners tend to be in the 27 to 37 uh, age range, he's 28, top 30 players in the world, nearly exclusively win, ticks that box, coming in with decent form. Yeah, he's been in sensational form this year. March top 20 is kind of what I look for there. And, and from like a game perspective, you have to be a tremendous iron player. He ranks sixth in greens in reg, fifth in strokes gained approach, 12th in proximity. You've got to be good around the greens. He ranks sixth in scrambling. The top, the top statistical guide here is par four, birdie or better. He ranks second in that, first in bogey avoidance. Look, I think he does have a bit of a mental block to get over there. Finding that second major, it's been a while. He probably should have won one or two since then. Uh, but I like Justin Thomas as, as my clear top pick. Among those other favourites you mentioned, uh, other guys I'll be looking at, Cam Smith and, and Patrick Cantley are two for mine. Completely with you on Rory. Uh, leave me out of him. He he tends to throw these around and he says that no one has a, uh, a better record to par in majors over the last five years. Other than Brooks Kepiger and Rory uh, McElroy rounds two or four, his round ones though uh, have been abhorrent. So uh, look for look for uh, how he starts this one. Uh, the roughies, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll fire off kind of two to three in the mid tier range. Uh, we're backing Matt Fitzpatrick. I think he uh, as normal with a good game to, to suit here. He's got a good iron game, good scrambling, can 
And Putwell in his day, he's got form at the Genesis as well, form to the Riviera. It's kind of a real burn. Uh, surprisingly, already played in seven majors, if not only in seven masters, if not only 27. Uh, Russell Henley, I think, is a uh, uh, an underrated player. He uh, has played very, very well here in the past, doesn't always make it, not in the top tier of players, but uh, not a top 30 player, but I'll, I kind of think he can be in that top five, top 10 markets there. Uh, and Billy Horschel for mine, I think, is another one who I think will be right in the mix. You know, he ticks all the profile boxes. He, you know, he's a, a strong iron player. He's a good scorer. Yeah. And he's a really good putter, particularly on these bent grounds. So I will be uh, looking at Billy Horschel at around that $91. Outstanding. So just to summarize our uh, top row there, he likes JT at $14 and Cam Smith. $90 as the uh, the two to beat. Gives a bit of a tip for uh, Cantlay. Matt Fitzpatrick's at $54 with top sport. Tyrell Hatton, uh, $58. You've probably got a picture of him on your dunny door. Russell Henley, $85. I concur. He's uh, he's bobbed up and looked well there. And then Billy Horschel's an interesting one at uh, $95. But definitely uh, it is a horses for courses deck. And uh, you are so sick, Top Rope. You, uh, you're in our little uh, private little <laughs> little birdie chat group and you've got action going on every week in the golf and even the ladies' golf. So, Make sure you've jotted those down at home. And uh, I'll give him the short shift uh, today because I know he's pressed for time. But uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, I'll tell you what, I've got one up on you uh, this week, Top Rope. I am, uh, I've got the house myself. The missus, the kids are in Melbourne. I'm here at the Gold Coast. I'll tell you what, I'll be up at 5 a.m. watching all of it. And I know her jealous. And if you want if you want to come up here, I'll share your ticket up so you can just uh, hang out with me and do a work trip up here. So see if you can get that one. You're happy to pay for the divorce lawyer as well, Scooty? <laughs> get that one over the line was sweet. <laughs> I reckon I know someone. All right, Dogger. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Top Rope. We'll uh, we'll catch you on the next uh, Majors pod. But uh, Dogger, let's get down to serious business. And uh, I guess your specialty is round one leaders. But let's talk about the course profile and the weather first up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the weather is looking pretty good, to be honest. Right now, I think anyone who's probably tuned in or getting ready to watch a par three tournament, they're going to see a little bit of lightning, a little bit of rain. Um, but that looks like it's going to be all cleared up and gone by probably around 6, six o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning on Thursday for them. So should be setting the course up to look perfect for the for the rest of the week. They're not expecting any more rain after that. Uh, they are expecting a bit of a breeze. So I think it's Friday and Saturday they're going to be sitting around 30 k's an hour breeze in the afternoon. So my expectation is the course will probably play hard and fast. So um, that doesn't hurt the guys that are a little bit shorter. It's not really probably a course now that you need to be super long to, to do well at. Um, but I'm expecting guys to really need to be able to get their ball around the green well. So when I've done my numbers, it's been around those guys that are around the green stats are, are really shining through. With the, with the wind, I guess, and playing that way, who, can you can you put the pen through some a couple of golfers straight away? Is there some that you can just lay and, and rule out? Um, not, I mean, look, necessarily, I think the biggest thing with when it comes to playing in the wind, it's not going to be like an open championship wind where, you know, you, you want to look at a guy like Leash who's been down at the Warnable and he can fly it any way he likes. Um, there's guys like Morikawa who of late when he played at the uh, players was struggling a bit in the pretty poor conditions to flight it. Um, but you would never say you could put a line through him at Augusta because it's not going to be that that treacherous it's just going to be you know blowy enough to to push the ball around and on these greens you, as we know you got to hit them to the right spot so any sort of breeze is going to make that harder mm. and then horses for courses it just seems guys that handle augusta they just go around on rails the whole time no i agree mate i think look you really need to have been there a couple of times to probably get a good result i know was did okay uh, in the covid delayed one but realistically you really 
it, the more you play there, you more you know those slopes and lumps and bumps coming into the greens and where you need to place it. Um, you know, look at the game we just talked about Leash, but Leash is a prime example. If you look at his numbers of coming around here, he's he's finished top ten three four times. Even if he's coming in in poor form, guys find a find an extra leg here, which is um, yeah, definitely down to that course history. Yeah, I've, I, I find myself falling into Leash uh, a couple of times. I remember when 2013, he wasn't that far away from Scotty. He's bobbed up in a couple of top 10 finishes. And yeah, he does seem to excel at that course. So at around sort of 80 to 1, I think he's worth a, uh, a mental health bet for me, at least. I guess on uh, on recent form, uh, I look at the, I guess, the the top chances or anyone sort of up to 50 to 1. And I think Matsuyama and Cam Smith seem to be the informed players that love Augusta. And then I, I look at someone like a, a Scotty Scheffler. He's in uh, white-hot form and career-best form, and he's really announced himself. It's, he's been in the mix, I guess, for 12 months, so it's no big surprise. But I'd say out of those three golfers that are in the white-hot form, I'd say Scheffler may be the least suited out of uh, him and Cam Smith and, and Matsuyama. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree, mate. Look, and it's not because he's a worse golfer than the other two. I mean, he's world number one now. But he just hasn't had the laps around there. I mean, Matsuyama is a, is a pure ball striker, and so is um, so is Cam. They've got both got their strengths, um, and, and not the Scotty doesn't. But I think you'd like to see him. He's had two two good starts here. He's, he's finished top twenty both times around. But um, yeah, I think of those three of the guys coming in, probably doesn't fit Scotty as well as the other two. But at the same time, I'd probably of the three, he'd probably be the one that I'd take. Um, and it's only because Matsuyama's next doesn't look right. He pulled out of the um, – he withdrew from the Valero last week where he was trying to get a run under his belt, and he didn't play the match play. So he's not he's not 100%. Not 100%. Yeah. And, and Cam, Cam's on fire, but he was obviously a bit tired after the players, so he didn't play the, the match play either, which is not a big deal. It's not a, exactly a great lead-in tournament to sort of really get a feel for what Augusta's going to be like. He's got time with his family, which is which is exactly what you want. You want that mental health, that strokes gained home life. Um, but for me – Backing up and winning players into um, Masters would be, I don't think anyone's ever done it, so it would be an unbelievable achievement. Mm. And what about uh, Adam Scott, past winner? We're talking about the Aussies a little bit here, so yeah. what are your thoughts with him? Yeah, look, again, another bloke who's probably found a little bit of form of late. I mean, he's uh, ninth at the match play, he's fourth at the Genesis, 26 at eight, uh, Arnold Palmer. He's playing some good golf. Scotty knows his place very well. He knows what the pressure's like down the stretch, and he's won it. So all those things are in his favour. When he's standing there on those three-foot putts and the flags in and he's got that grip and that stance and that mm. long putter, it just, just makes me feel uncomfortable, <laughs> let alone him. I, I, don't, I don't know how he's going to do it. But, look, if he has a day where he – if he has a week where he putts well, yeah, you could easily see him finish in top 10. Well, some of your uh, speci- or your speciality is the first-round leader market. So have you found any chinks or any value in the first-round leaders? Yeah, it's a little bit like my, my total market, to be honest. I'm kind of a bit at both ends. I've got a couple of favourites and a couple of outsiders. Um, Cam Smith, the last two years, has ranked number one in, in round one scoring. So at around $23, um, him and Cantlay are both very good, um, short shorter price. One's $23 and $29. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a bit further out, it's guys like Penley, Harmon and Neiman. They're around that 40 to 60s. But I'll, I'll probably have a little bit on um, Cam Young as well. He's about 80s. Um, and I know that's six players, but effectively I, I, I probably have less on the favourites just because you're going to get a split pot. There's a massive chance you're going to get um, two or three tied for the lead after round one and you're going to get split number. So I'd much prefer a split 80s than a split 20s. Um, yep. So, yeah. 
That's what. And look, it's it's a lottery. Like don't be uh, don't be uh, selling your house and loading up on those guys. It's it's something for a bit of fun on day one. And not just the masters. Do you use that staking strategy across most tournaments you play? Yeah, look, most of the time, if round one leader for sure, uh, for sure, it's really is just a, something to go around round one and pray that I've got someone in the mix for the for the overall. Um, but it's it's amazing how often you can pull the data out of the uh, in the in the round one scoring averages yep. and see those guys constantly up there, Johnny Vegas or um, mm. Emilio Grio. Like these guys just tend to turn up. Um, um, Henley does it a lot. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things to keep your eye on, and yeah, not a bad not a bad start to the week. Right, let's get uh, into the serious stuff then, and uh, let's talk about the top of the market with, uh, I guess, Ram favorite twelve dollars, JT fourteen, uh, DJ eighteen dollars, Scheffler eighteen, and Cam Smith nineteen dollars, Rory twenty one, Brooks twenty two. We've seen the market and talked about it briefly there, but uh, who's the horse? Who's the runner to to beat here? In in your opinion? Yeah, look, the one that's on that list there is. is and I know you love it when I, I agree with both like top rope, but um yeah, I think Justin Thomas for mine. When I run the numbers, he he's well and truly on top. But the big thing, the big thing with JT is he is the best all-round golfer, right? But what you see in golf tournaments is you get the best all-round golfer that has a one-out week in their the stat that they're most efficient in, right? So the best example is Matsuyama. Matsuyama is not a great putter. When he has a great putting week like he did last year, he mm. wins. Morikawa at the open last year. Not a great putter, has a week with the putter, wins. Yep. So JT's very good at everything. So he's always going to contend, but he needs that. He needs to be able to close. And he has, I don't think he's won since players two years ago. So, yeah. or a year ago. So he's my, he's the top of the pick, but he won't be my number one bet. My number one bet will be Patrick Cantlay. So I know Top Rate mentioned him as well. Yeah. Um, but he'll be my, uh, he'll be my number one pick of the, of the, uh, the shorter players, yeah, but they're the two. Whenever I hear Justin Thomas in these big majors, I think of Xander. I get sort of triggered. Yeah. I think of like a, a cat lapping up a saucer of milk. I, yeah. And you said it. You, you said that he just couldn't close. And it's been, yeah, it's been a big, big break for him. But um, Patrick Cantlay, I guess, give us give us the reasons why he can win and why you've landed on him. Yeah, so his his putting is going up. So if you look at his strokes game putting, that's that's going north. His his approach plays um this year is is. Trending downwards, right? And strokes gain approach is a key stat nearly every single week, and certainly is um, this week at the Masters. But it's really impacted by how he performed at the Players Championship. So I'm not super stressed about that. Last year he ranked around 24, 25 overall in, in, uh, over the season. So I think it's something he can get back. And if he gets that back with his putting going better, uh, I think he's he's primed. And I think if you look at his performance here over years gone by. You know he's he's had uh, he's at a seventeenth and a ninth. He knows how to he knows how to get around here as well. Okay, so that's enough for him to uh, qualify uh, as someone who likes the deck. All right, what's the uh, who's who's where's the error in the market? Is there a roughie that uh, the bookies have uh, overpriced? Um, there's a couple that I don't mind. I don't I don't necessarily think they win, but I think they're gonna they could give it a shake um, in in the in the in the mid range. Um, Someone who, you know, for top 20s, I'd be looking at it. Be, I don't know we talked about Henley as well, but Taylor Gooch is one that I quite like. Taylor Gooch's numbers are quite good. The problem with Taylor Gooch is his first time here. Um, so I don't know what he's understood of the course in the last sort of week and practice rounds and, and how much he enjoys it, and that's probably the only deficiency, and that's why his price is where it's at. But he's had a great start to the season. I mean, he's shopping around 170 to 1 um, for the outright uh, top Tanny sitting at around eight bucks. Mm. So and yeah, he'd be my my best for the 
outsiders. Mm, and he's, I think he's about uh, 370 for a, uh, a top top 20 top play 20. there. Yeah, mm. correct. Interesting uh, to see. And uh, what about uh, any other, I guess, head-to-head matchups or any other prop bets that you sort of like to dig around in or do you play in the, the, the top Aussie markets or have you found any chinks of the markets around the edges? Yeah, look, I don't play the head-to-heads too often. If I do, it's really just putting a couple of multis together after I realise I haven't lost enough money on the tournament <laughs> and I'll put those together probably after a few beers on a Saturday night. Um, the, the top Aussie for me, oh, I'm going to back Leash. I like yep. Leash. I think I think um, nothing against Cam. He's hands down the best Aussie golfer we have at the moment. And Oz, Adam Scott's playing great golf and Lucas Herbert's got as much confidence as anyone's ever had in their life. But I really think... I think Leash is going under the radar, and, and I think he'd be um, my pick for the best Aussie this week. Mm. 480, you can get about Mark Leishman at top sport, and Cam Smith is uh, pretty short there at 210. So definitely yeah. uh, could be the value play. How often do you – I know um, Big Daddy will come on the show later, and I know Big Daddy just keeps chipping up throughout the tournament. So his pre-post stuff's been amazing. He's, I think he's cracking out about 28%, but – as the tournament unfolds, he continues to take uh, different positions, and he can his his in play book is often different, and he just will keep hammering a, a runner once the market gets priced back up. Do you do that after round one and two and three? Are you do you prefer to bet more after seeing two days or three days of the tournament? Yeah, good question. It really depends on the tournament. Most weeks, to be honest, I'll sort of have my bets early doors and if they're in the mix, then I've already got a great price and I'll leave it there. And if I find something that doesn't look right after, say, round one or two, then I'll get involved again, especially if I find someone who's mispriced based on the weather draw. So you you quite often get someone who might be out early on a Thursday and late on a Friday. Yep. They've played super, super well in poor weather and they're going to get great weather on day two, then, then I'd probably have a look at them if they've not got the right number. Um, but other than that, I pretty much just try and leave it alone and just keep an eye on that. Um, if I get down to the final round and I've got nothing in the mix that's going to gonna pay, then I'll have a look at anyone that I think might be able to make a late Sunday charge, but that's about all. All right. Uh, we welcome a brand new uh, sponsor to the show, and it's just over my shoulder here, and it's uh, clubtechgolf.com.au, and uh, we've got a special offer for Little Birdie uh, fans. So you just type in Little Birdie and you get 10% off all your golf gear. So if you've got your clubs uh, needing repairing or uh, you want to buy some new ones, uh, I'm dying to get out there for a hit and uh, just can't find a way to uh, get free of the kids. I might try and sneak out there this week. But uh, Club Tech is definitely uh, our preferred uh, partner and uh, they'll be joining us for all our major golf stuff. But um, it's on our website too, Little Birdie Live, going to partners and uh, you can click through to their website as well and uh, the 10% off all the stock will be uh, there for the entire year. So uh, welcome aboard uh, Club Tech and make sure you check them out. They've got some uh, great specials at the moment on on different kit uh, balls and uh, they've also got a, like a price matching thing. So if you find a legit price uh, on the internet, you can uh, email them in or drop it into their contact us form and uh, they'll match a price for uh, any golf shop going around. So make sure you get behind uh, the uh, partners that support us and uh, check out clubtechgolf.com.au. We'll take a quick break. I'll keep Dogger on the line just so you can keep Big Daddy honest and uh, we'll talk to Adam Fraser next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. It's Big Daddy time. It's our favourite time of the show. And Fraser, how are you? Good, buddy. Yeah, hopefully flying after this week. Mate, you're, you're already flying uh, before. You found Cam Smith at the players. Uh, the, the followers of the uh, the Big Daddy Majors set are absolutely wrapped with your uh, behaviour. So if 
you don't really uh, have to do much more, mate. But uh, if you can jag the winner again, uh, we'll be very, very excited. I think um, I think it's I think it's difficult this year. Um, the reason being is I have an adjusted stroke average that I use, as you know, and I haven't got a player that's averaging under sixty nine. So when that happens, it usually means that it's a fairly open event. Um, there's multiple chances, and the market's protected a few of them. One in particular, Cameron Smith and Justin Thomas, or two in particular. So it's there's not an attractive price on either of those two players, but um, I think Patrick Cantlay is about the right price. Mm. I think he's probably one of the hottest players at the moment. Um, yeah, I think he, he would. Have, but the guys at the top end of the market, I think he's probably the best value for the guy that's been playing very well. It's like you've uh, you've, you've snuck in and uh, listened to the show prior because, uh, yeah, Top Rope and uh, Dogger have definitely found Cantlay and uh, we both have signalled uh, him as a bet. And I guess it's no surprise. I guess you guys all look at the statistics and uh, I guess JT's knocking the door down. He's an American and then it's hard to ignore the, uh, the Cam Smith form and then especially... Uh, someone who goes around Augusta uh, absolutely on rails. But uh, just quickly, um, I'll give it some more airtime because everyone's interested in Tiger. Uh, make or miss the cut, just humorous, please. Uh, miss the cut's $1.65 or make the cut one ninety six. Adam, tell me. Uh, it's, it's difficult to come back straight away after injury and such a long way off. No one really knows. But guys are saying us that he's hitting the ball well. Tiger knows the course well. Can he perform under that extreme pressure? Well, he knows how to handle it, definitely, but first time up, you know, I'm not so convinced. I, I, look, I, I think you, I don't, I'm, I think you can make the cut, but whether he'll be in contention, I'm, no, I don't think so. What about uh, Matsuyama? Dogger mentioned he's had a bit of a neck injury. Can he overcome that? And do you think he's in, uh, he's probably in the right vein of form, but. Uh, is a neck injury a big deal? You've played a lot of golf yourself. You've been on tour. Is that a, a red flag for you? Yeah. I've had neck injuries before. Um, my brothers have them. They're quite painful when they come on, depending on the severity of them. But they do affect your swing. But I guess he wouldn't tee it up if he wasn't fit enough to, to play and think he could contend. And based based off his form, he's very, very hard to ignore at the price. Uh, as a Last year's winner. Uh, he knows the course very well. Obviously, he's very comfortable there. I, I'm going to be. I'm going to be having something on him. Definitely, uh, even even with his injury. John Rahm uh, finished really, really strongly last year. I think he carded uh, 66 in the last round. There were. I think you might have been on him uh, pre-tournament and maybe even in, uh, after round one. Not completely clear on that, but um, he was taking all before him. Uh, there'd be a lot of pressure on him again here. He looks uh, very short in the market. Back or a lay, or can you see him uh, bouncing back to form? He's he's. I can't back him at the price. He's way too short for for how he was playing last year and the previous year. I mean, he's still playing well, but he's not averaging as low as what he was. He's not playing as good as what he was. So I think the price is far too short. I can't. I can't back him at that price. Dogger, you're nodding there. You've. Uh, you, everyone's talking about his putting being a mile off the mark at the moment. Yeah. No. Exactly what Big Daddy said. I, I can't have that price. Um, the price is based on his form here. I mean, his last four starts: fourth, ninth, seventh, and fifth. So, yep, great. He's got the form. 
He's not playing anywhere near as well as last year. And, um, yeah, his strokes gained around the green have really dropped off since um, early this year, I reckon. So, no, it, it, I just couldn't have him at the price. Another one we uh, put the sink the boots into is uh, Rory McIlroy, and I've got him in never back again uh, territory at Augusta. I think mentally he sort of run his race there and he's in the horrors, a bit like me every time I step out in the golf course. But uh, how do you handle a, a player like Rory McIlroy? Uh, well, Rory's uh, he's made a coaching change, and that can be difficult when you do that. Uh, it can throw your form out for a little while. Rory did not even make my top 25. So no. I can't. He's, he's no chance of me even going anywhere near. No, I can't. I'm not going anywhere near Rory. <laughs> you're uh, you're known for uh, your head-to-head matchups. Have you uh, had a little bit of uh, a look at the top sport markets yet for the head-to-head matchups and uh, given that any of those a tickle? I've had a little bit of a squeeze. Um, there's... So there's one match for the listeners out there um, that I'm interested in, uh, and the price is, is not too bad. It's Adam Scott versus Tony Finau. And Tony Finau, again, he didn't make my top 25 in my ranking, so he's not he's definitely not playing as well as what he's capable of doing. But the Farmers Insurance, you know, in January he missed the cut. But the Phoenix, he missed the cut. The Genesis, he finished tied 33rd, which wasn't much. The players, he missed the cut. The Volvo, Texas, he finished 30th. And then you match him up against Scotty, who's been playing quite well. He's a past winner at this event. He knows the course extremely well. Adam Scott's a very, very good ball striker, which is is a very it's – a, it's high priority around here because there's there's so much trouble looming that you can have big numbers. You know, there's, there's a lot of water holes. Um, so when they're pretty much the same price on top sport, I would much rather take Adam Scott over Tony Finau right now as a tournament match bet. Dollar ninety-eight Scott and uh, one eighty-two Tony Finau, so nearly uh, even money there. It sounds uh, delicious to me. In the top Aussie market, Dogger's happy to take on Cam Smith. Cam Smith is two ten, Scotty four thirty, Mark Leishman four eighty. Would you be uh, with him with Mark Leishman to to knock off Smithy and Scotty, or would you in fact back Scott to to beat all of them? Uh, well, Cam Smith. He came in number one on my ranking list. So mm. if I was going to back Adam Scott and Mark Leishman, I would have to save on Cam Smith. I'd have to work out a betting strategy to maybe save on Smith. So he, on form, Cam Smith beats both of them. Mm. Um, but I, I haven't had, really had a look at that market to bet into. But, you know, Adam Scott and Mark Leishman would be value, I, I would say, in the odds to to beat Smith, but I'd maybe have a small saver stake on Smith because he is in good form. All right, let's uh, have a look at the top sport big bets and uh, we'll see if you boys would like to hold the ticket or uh, you'd like to sell it or you'd like to to lay it. So the first uh, big one here is uh, Cam Smith, 2000 at $17. I'm tipping uh, Big Daddy, you'd be uh, you'd, you'd take the ticket. You'd be trying to fish for better odds, obviously, um, but uh, I think he's even drifted. I think he's 17 out to $19, but... Uh, Definitely a, a hold that ticket. Yeah, it's the right price, I think. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close to the right price. Yeah, Dogger, you want that bet? Yeah, agree. He's um, yeah, super form. Can't argue with it. And yeah, that that's not a bad bet at all. I haven't mentioned this bloke's name, uh, Dustin Johnson, two thousand at eighteen dollars. Hold or uh, you'd sell it, Big Daddy? No, I wouldn't be holding DJ at eighteen. <laughs> Dogger. Uh, aligned again on form I can understand why someone wants to bet him but not at that price hmm. he just doesn't seem to be a, a an Augusta player 
He's a winner. Yeah, that, that was the COVID one. So sometimes it goes here? out the window. Yeah, don't know. Not sure. He finished second to Tiger. He was he was flying that year. He won too, and th- there was there was he was a standout player. Um, uh, he's not a standout player at the moment. This is an interesting one. Tiger Woods, thousand and eighty-one. No, I'd... would you have the balls to lay it? I wouldn't have. No, I wouldn't have the balls to lay it at eighty-one because Tiger's dangerous. He can really hurt you. But yeah, I yeah, I think he should be a bit higher than that. But it'll be a very very small lay. Exactly the same, yeah. You, when Tiger's name gets mentioned, you'd be very nervous. But yeah, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be confident about collecting either. Mm, he's sort of like a black caviar. He'd, uh, the P and L sheets across bookmakers for the last sort of twenty years, you'd just see the ripple of where Tiger just absolutely destroyed uh, bookmakers. And uh, speaking to a couple of guys that have been on the shows before and been on the podcast before, yeah, it's uh, he definitely changed a lot of punters' lives when he went on that golden run. Will Zelatoris is a main that bobbed up earlier in the show. There's a thousand at thirty-four for him. Dogger, maybe you first. I don't mind that bet. I, I don't mind that ticket. He's he stacked up number three in my numbers, but wow. I just can't have him for his putting. I get very nervous. He's got a double figure eight going. It's a shocker. I can't I'm see exactly him, the same. I can't see him doing that left hand anchored figure eight putting style and getting it done over four days. I just can't. Big Daddy. No, same. I, I totally agree, mate. I have seen some stuff with this guy that scares the bejesus out of me, like the most yippy-looking strokes from three, four feet. And when you've got a hole of putt, when you know, when you're in contention, you get a hole putts to in that sort of low to mid range to to contend and win. Oh my god, he scares the hell out of me. I speaking of the yips, I saw some footage and I thought it was a seniors tour or. Some sort of bigo competition where a golfer was marking his line and walking alongside the line of his putt. And the golfer, I had to, uh, to double take. I'm thinking, that looks like Keegan Bradley. And I'm thinking, I asked someone, I said, is that Keegan Bradley? And I'm like, what is he do? What's, what's he doing? And he's got his caddy to do it and he does it. I didn't even know it was allowed, but he, wherever his uh, ball lies, and he starts to march and walks with, a foot other, either side of the path of where his ball's going to go. I couldn't believe it's allowed, and I couldn't believe he was actually doing it. What's going on? Yeah, I saw that. They took forever too to to hit that putt. They got the caddy involved and everything. Yeah, I think they've they've taken the caddy, they've taken the green reading books off, and they've all switched to that Aimpoint Express, and they all try to feel the one or two percent gradient. And it's mm. yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> if you're that bad, just just hit it. Pray. I mean, I, I say to people, I used to teach, as you know, Scoot, you know, I say to people, if you took away your eyes and you couldn't use your eyes to throw a putt, how would you go? I mean, these guys are trying to use their feet. Yeah. I just think your <laughs> eyes are your best tool. <laughs> I, I find it quite comical. I'd be surprised. I don't know if he's won a tournament since. I obviously don't follow the golf as well as you guys. Or I don't know how he's playing, but I look at that and it's just the big, I get the texture out, I get the black pen, and I just sack him for the rest of my life. After watching that, you are so far gone. <laughs> you, you just couldn't recover mentally from that if, if that's what you're doing. like uh, It's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen on a golf course. But um, all right, I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap the show up there unless uh, you've got any other pearls for us, uh, Big Daddy. Oh, there's a few. There's some big roughies this week. I think the tournament's wide open. There's a guy that's been playing exceptionally well. Like, Scotty Scheffler's been playing well. 
Uh, but the market sort of protected him, I think, and I think he's a little bit too short. But, you know, there's guys like Sam Burns, is, he's playing awesome. Uh, Jochen Neiman's playing well. Um, there's T- Taylor Gooch is playing well. I know he's going there for the first time. Uh, you know, Tommy Fleetwood's come back into a bit of form. Max Homer's big odds. Luke List. These are, Luke List won on the tour recently. I mean, they're, they're just insane odds on, on Betfair, and you'd be crazy not just to throw a few dollars on them, just, you know, as a specky. This Taylor Gooch, he's, uh, he's popped up in Dogger's uh, market. He tipped him up for top 10 at $8.370, top 20 market. Uh, tell us more about this bloke. Yeah, well, he came in about 18th on my my list. So when when I see a player like that that's been playing well, that is that sort of price, I just can't ignore him. I've got him at $49. Mm. And he's, I think he's about 200 in, in the market on Betfair. Mm. Uh, Max Homer is another one that's been playing well. Sam Burns, I, I I really like this guy. This guy can can get the job done. He can win tournaments. He gets in contention a lot. I know he's going. He hasn't obviously got experience at Augusta, but he's the sort of player that he you know he just knows how to he just knows how to get it done. He, if he can get into contention, he's quite attractive at a price of around fifty dollars fifty five. And a name that we haven't spoken about is uh, Brooks Kepka. Is the forgotten man. Butch Harmon and Claude, he was working a lot with. And I, I've seen this over the years with a lot of players that have worked with Butch and Claude, who, in my opinion, are the best. Butch is the father of Claude. And Butch, in my opinion, is the best coach um, ever. Um, there, are, there are four players since the world, the introduction of the world ranking system that have held the world number one ranking for more than 100 weeks. And there's only four players ever that have done that. Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Greg Norman, and Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And Butch Harmon coached three of those. And I've seen a massive decline in players that have worked with Butch that have then gone out on their own, um, Butch and Claude now, because uh, Claude's getting more heavily involved as Butch gets older. But I've seen a big decline in players. Dustin Johnson... I don't know if he's working as heavily with these guys as much, but his form's dropped off. Brooks is not working with them. He His form's dropped off. Um, Ricky Fowler, he's just completely gone out the gate. Mm. Um, he can't even seem to find a planet at the moment with his golf. He he was a very good player working with them. Uh, so, you know, I, I just, yeah, Brooks has gone, gone missing. Oh, well, yeah, I could probably... I'd probably excuse Dustin Johnson, Paul Lehner, and uh, I think uh, Ricky's with Alison Stoke. So I think everyone's seen her, the pole vaulter. I can't blame any of those guys for going completely off the boil. they got all the cash in the world. What have they got <laughs> left to do? they just got to uh, jump around on their boats and, and have a good time. Have you put the pen through Brooks Kepka as well, Dogger? Uh, I haven't. I actually was waiting for Big Daddy to pull him out again like he did last yeah, year at Massive Odds and nearly win sneaky. the PGA. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I don't mind him at all. I, I look, I, I his form is... Not great, not good. His form, he's good enough. Um, yeah, he's certainly been missing for a little while now, but he, uh, it wouldn't shock me to see him have a reasonable week. But he's not going to be one of my bets. He's good in majors. He tends to pop up in majors, which is why it's hard to lay Brooks. Yeah. Um, he, he rises to big occasions. But just just based on form, I, I just can't I just can't have him. Well, to, to, I think yeah, it's been great analysis uh, and this. There's been some synergy. I like it. When uh, the stars align, we push the button and we bet. So uh, 
definitely, I think, the takeaways from this show is Patrick Cantlay's the value runner. We're not saying that uh, Cam Smith can't win. Uh, Tiger would probably say he's going to make the cut, which is uh, just mind-blowing given uh, what he's been through in the last sort of 12 months. Taylor Gooch seems to be the absolute knockout runner here. I think he's one into 171, in from about 250s at top sport, and he's uh, 370 make the top 20, and he's $8 to uh, to make the top 10. Mark Leishman's worth a, a tiny ticket each way, and he might even be uh, a bit of a roughie in the top Aussie market. Adam Scott's in good form, and Big Daddy's found him to beat uh, Tony Finau in hopefully a little uh, soft uh, matchup in the head-to-head markets throughout the tournament. But uh, if you want uh, more of Big Daddy's action, make sure you head to littlebirdie.live and head to the shop, and you can get uh, all four majors for 66 bucks, and you can get all seven tournaments. He's extended, and he's uh, given a couple extra tournaments, the biggest ones there, so you can have a look at the list, and uh, I think that's for around $88 as well. But uh, he's in white-hot form, and he found Cam Smith in the players. So if you've already subscribed to the set, you're, uh, you're playing with theirs, as they say. So you're already up and going. You've paid for the uh, the sub. So make sure you definitely uh, check that one out. And he says it's a tough tournament, but um, he'll give you some staking advice and uh, the runners that he selects to bet. And uh, you might be backing a couple couple, couple of runners uh, to find the winner. But uh, he's been in uh, scintillating form uh, for about a year and a half or two years, ever since we started the show, really. So fingers crossed that can continue and uh, we can get a couple of these real shorties beaten. Uh, if the bookies got their foot on a couple, we'll, uh, we'll bet around them and we'll find the value. But uh, big thanks to me at Little Birdie Headquarters. Hopefully uh, we've found the right uh, runners to push you guys into. And uh, if you had a query around a couple, hopefully we've found the right sort of lays. But uh, big thanks from me uh, to you, Dogger, and uh, to you, Big Daddy. No worries, mate. And throw Billy Horschel in there too. <laughs> Not a little bit of uh, meat on the bone. He came in six He came in six on my ranking. Hundred odd dollars in the market, but we can't even wait that long either. So throw him in. Mm. And I think uh, top rope found him as well. So uh, Billy Horschel's another sneaky, sneaky ruffie. All right, good luck, and uh, can't wait to uh, get the remote and get the masters on all weekend. Peace. We'll try and find a way to kick the kids and the misses out of the house and uh, enjoy the best weekend. Go. We'll see you next time.